Come on, church, give him praise this morning. Come on, church, give him praise today. Hallelujah. Bible teaches us that perfect love cast out all fear this morning. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. If you've got your Bibles with you today, I want you to turn with me to the book of Judges in the Old Testament, the book of Judges, the 14th chapter, and we're going to read verses 5 and verses 6. The book of Judges, the 14th chapter, verses 5 and 6. I was uh, reading a book a while back, actually listening to a book. It's on Audible a while back, and the name of the book was called Toxic Soul. Uh, I, rec- I highly recommend anyone to listen to the, to, the, to the book. It's an excellent read. It's an excellent listen. But the, uh, the author mentioned something about Samson in the book. And when he mentioned this particular thing about Samson in the book, the Lord just began to deal with me about it. And deal and deal and deal. Got more yesterday, more this morning. I was planning on a four-sermon series, and now it's up to six sermons. And, and, and it just keeps growing, and he's showing things and pointing things out. And so, and so I've been... I've been wrestling with it. I've been trying to figure out, you know, what to name it and all these different things. And I, I thought about, you know, unshackling shame. I thought about different things that Samson probably went through. And then last week, the Lord just kind of gave me this little quick title for this. And so we're going to name this series Snap the Trap. Snap the Trap. And so I hope you will join us every single week of this series as we learn how to snap the trap that the enemy has set in our lives. And all of us, at some point in time, has been snared by the trap. All of us. All right, so we're going to talk about some things today. We're going to talk about some different things next week and the week after and all these different things. So here we go. You ready? Judges chapter 14, verses 5 and 6. Wasn't worship great this morning? My goodness, heaven help us. Hallelujah. It says, Samson went down to Timnah together with his father and mother. As they approached the vineyards of Timnah, suddenly a young lion came roaring toward him. The spirit of the Lord came powerfully up on him so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands as he might have torn a young goat. But he told neither his father nor his mother what he had done. Father, we just ask you today to help us begin to build this series. Help us, God, to understand what you're speaking to us. Help us, Lord, to snap the trap. Help us, God, to get free of entanglements, free of things that are in our life, God, that are weighing us down, holding us back, keeping us from discovering everything that we need to discover about you. I pray, God, that people would tune in every service I pray, God, that they'll just not be here in person, God, but they will be tuned in to what the Spirit is saying to them through this message today, God. I pray, God, not just them, but I would hear, God, that I would examine my own heart and my own life and things in my life and begin to rid myself of those things as well, Father. I pray, God, that you would save every lost person, heal every sick person, set every captive person free. And, Father, we give you the praise and the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. And amen. You may be seated. Snap the trap. Hopeless. Fearful. 
worried, panicked, doubtful, wounded, depressed, or just a few ways people feel when they are trapped. Let me give them to you again. Hopeless. Anybody ever felt hopeless? Fearful. Worried. Panicked. Doubtful. Wounded. Depressed. It's how we feel when we get trapped. A trap is a device or an enclosure designed to catch and retain something, typically by allowing entry, but not an exit. And in the picture of our slide, you can see the, a trap. You can see the entry, and once the animal would go into that entry, it would set the trap, and that door would close, and it would be trapped. And so many times in our lives, we walk right into the trap of the enemy, and he shuts the door, and there we are, hopeless, fearful, worried, depressed, panicked, and doubtful, and wounded that we're ever going to get out of the trap. A situation... Another de- here's another definition of the word trap. It's a situation in which people lie in wait to make a surprise attack. If I were to release a survey this morning, I wonder how many of us would confess that they are trapped or have been trapped in their lifetime. The goal of this series is to help people to identify traps in their own life and then how to trap, how to snap the trap. We want to snap the trap. See, God wants us to be free. He wants us to be free. We are free because Christ sets us free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Yet a lot of us in the church aren't free. Mm-hmm. It's already quiet. Samson provides us a great backdrop for this series because we can learn from his mistakes and we can learn how to avoid his mistakes and we can learn how to correct our own mistakes in our own lives. If you go ahead and put them, there we go. Samson is regarded. I want you to read this slide as I'm saying this. Samson is regarded as the strongest man who ever lived. Let me say it again. Samson is regarded as the strongest man who ever lived. Yet in the wrong environment, his strength is as weak as water. He's regarded as the strongest man who has ever lived. But in the wrong environment, his strength is as weak as water. Our environment... Is our surrounding or the conditions in which we live, in which we operate. Operating in the wrong environment will lead to a collapse, as we will see over the course of this series regarding Samson. Let me, let, let's go over our two verses again this morning. Samson went down to Timnah together with his father and mother. As they approached the vineyards of Timnah, suddenly a young lion came roaring toward him. 
The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands as he might have torn a young goat, but he told neither his father nor his mother what he had done. We could, we could preach right there on that last line because if we're hiding it, we ought not be doing it. And all of us are guilty. All of us are guilty. I want to ask you a question. Did you notice the environment Samson was in? Where was Samson at? What environment was he operating in? The scripture says that he was in the vineyard. He was in the vineyard. Samson took what is called the Nazarite vow. We're going to go through this today and kind of just walk through this today. The Nazarite vow. So the Nazarite vow is a vow taken by individuals who have voluntarily dedicated themselves to God. The vow is a decision, it's an action, and a desire on the part of the people whose desire is to yield themselves to God completely. So they take this vow to to yield themselves to God completely. By definition, the Hebrew word nazir simply means to be separated or consecrated. In other words, to be set apart. The Nazarite vow, which appears in number 6, verses 1 through 21, has five features to it. It is voluntarily, can be done by either a man or a woman, has a specific time frame, has a specific requirement and restrictions, and at its conclusion, a sacrifice is offered. Let's look at these. First, the, in, the individual enters into this vow voluntarily. The Bible says, speak to the Israelites and say to them, if a man or a woman wants to make a special vow, a vow of separation to the Lord as the Nazarite, that's number six in verse two. This shows that, that it is the individual who takes the initiative to consecrate themselves to the Lord. There is no divine command involved. While generally done, listen, while generally done by the individual, by his own choice, two individuals in the Old Testament and one in the New Testament were presented to God by their parents, Samuel and Samson in the Old Testament and John the Baptist in the New Testament. Second, both men and women could participate in the vow. It didn't matter if you was male or female, you could participate in the vow. The Nazarite vow was often taken by men and women alike purely for personal reasons, such as a thanksgiving for recovery from an illness or for the birth of a child. And so it could be taken by either sex. Number three, the vow had a specific time frame. It had a beginning and it had an end under these two Statements, And so it indicates that throughout the period of his separation, he is consecrated to the Lord. In other words, he set aside just for God. He set aside just for God. He's not set aside for anybody else or any other thing. He is set aside just for God. Now, this is the law for the Nazarite when the period of his separation is over. So the Nazarite vow had a beginning and it had an end. Number four, 
It had specific guidelines and restrictions. We're going to put some of these on the screen for you. And so here's the, here they are. It tells us that he or she was to abstain from wine or any fermented drink. Now, hold on. It goes, it goes deeper than that. They couldn't drink grape juice. They couldn't eat grapes. And they couldn't eat raisins. Now, the Nazarite vow was to not cut their hair for the length of the vow. So no matter how long the vow, if it was six months, six years, or 60 years, they couldn't cut their hair. And then the next one was they couldn't go near a dead body because that would make them ceremonial unclean. It says even if your parent dies, you can't get near it, your parent's dead body, because it'll make you unclean. We'll talk about dead things next week. Woo! Glory. Hallelujah. See, the Nazarite vow shows the procedure to follow to complete the vow. A sacrifice was made. This is the fifth thing. And so the, when the sacrifice was made, when the vow was over, they would cut the hair and they would put it on the altar and the priest did the final task of completing the sacrificial process, which ended the vow. So they got there's five requirements to this vow. So this is the law of the Nazarite who vows his offering in accordance with his separation. See, so let's, let's look at this. This is an Old Testament concept, but there's a New Testament parallel. And we see the New Testament parallel in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Paul says, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. That is your spiritual act of worship. King James Version says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may present yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. So that is the New Testament parallel to an Old Testament concept. Hallelujah. So we don't want to conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. The word renew there means to renovate. It means to make like new. So if you've ever, if you've ever redid your kitchen and you poured everything out of your kitchen, you poured all your old cabinets, your sink, your table, your appliances, and you got all new appliances and all new floor, that, that's what it has in mind. In other words, we need to, we need to make our mind brand new. We need to take out all the old junk that was in there and we need to fill it with all of God's good stuff. That's what he's saying in Romans chapter 12. Samson, as part of the Nazarite vow, was unable to drink wine or strong drink. He couldn't drink wine or strong drink. Furthermore, he was not permitted to drink grape juice, eat grapes or raisins. But where do we find Samson? In the vineyard. What's in the vineyard? Grapes. What do you make with grapes? Wine. What else do you make with grapes? Grape juice. What else do you make with grapes? Raisins. You let them dry out, right? So in other words, Samson is operating in an unfit environment. He's, he shouldn't be in this environment. He's operating in an unfit environment. See, if we're part of the gossip group... We're in an unfit environment. If we're part of the tail carrying group, we're in the unfit environment. If we're, if we're part of the group that's got apps on our phones that lets us access stuff that we shouldn't access, we're in the wrong environment. 
If we got apps that, hack, that hide conversations with somebody of the opposite sex that's not our spouse, and we've been sexting and texting and flirting, we're in the wrong environment. If we're having affairs, we're in the wrong environment. If we're not married and we're having sex outside of wedlock, we're in the wrong environment. We're operating in an unfit environment. And this is where Samson's at. He's operating in an environment that he's not even supposed to be in because of his vow. Mm -mm. So he's in this unfit environment, church. And lo and behold, guess who shows up? A lion. And the lion roars at Samson and he attacks Samson. But the Bible says that God came powerfully upon Samson and Samson ripped him from his inside out. Sounds great, don't it? See, Samson opened up his life for an attack because he was in the wrong environment. Look, look what first Peter says, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour the word devour there. If you studied it out, it would mean to swallow whole. What does a drunk person do? They let their guard down. Peter tells us to be sober, to be alert because we have an enemy, the devil, and he's walking around like a roaring lion and he's seeking whom he may devour. Satan, the enemy of our soul, he is a predator, he's a hunter, and he's looking for any advantage to devour us. Watch. I don't think that Samson was drunk on wine, nor do I think that he drank grape juice, ate grapes, or raisins. But I do think he was drunk on his environment. I do think he was drunk on his environment. And we're going to chase that out all the way through this. Let me just give you a heads up. Next week, you're going to see him playing with dead things. Then you're going to see him, then you're going to see him telling riddles about the dead things like it was a joke, like it was a mockery. And, and then you're going to see him at the prostitute's house and then you're going to see him at Zurich and the name Zurich means choice wines and, and then you're going to see him in Delilah's lap and then you're going to see him shake himself and not even know that God is gone because he's become so drunk on his environment that he doesn't realize that the presence of God has left his life mm. we're going to chase this out all the way through this thing the intoxication of our environment is the first slide into the trap. When I become intoxicated on the wrong environment, I've already taken a, the step toward the trap. Let me give you a story this morning. Courtesy of Stuart Hogan a few years ago. This lady bought a pet snake she was feeding the snake. It's a python, wasn't it? It's real big. She's feeding the snake. She's feeding the snake, and the snake's growing and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And every night, she'd let the snake sleep in the bed with her. Uh-huh. Now, careful, we start sleeping with them devils. 
And she'd wake up every morning, the snake would be curled up beside of her. Well, the snake got really big, really large. She woke up one morning, and the snake was stretched out beside of her. And she thought, there's something wrong with my snake. So she got up the very next morning, and the snake was stretched out alongside of her again. She got up the third morning, and the snake was stretched out beside of her a third time. And she thought, my snake's sick. There's something wrong with my snake. So she gets the snake, and she puts it in its cart, crate, and she takes it to the vet. She tells the vet what happened. She said, I woke up three mornings in a row, and the snake's just stretched out beside of me. And the vet said, get rid of the snake. There's nothing wrong with the snake. He's measuring you to see if he can swallow you whole. You see, oh, help me, Holy Ghost. You see, we start laying around with the snake. Eventually, the snake will start measuring us to see if the snake can swallow us whole. Get rid of the snake so you can snap the trap. I said get rid of the snake. Somebody, somebody needs to shout snap the trap right now. If you're on Facebook right now, you need to comment, snap the trap. we got to get rid of the things in our life that leads us to the wrong environments. Hallelujah. So the lion, he catches Samson in the vineyard and he attacks him. Samson is able to kill the lion. He literally turns the lion inside out. Samson is in the wrong environment. But he's still able to operate in his anointing. I call this the death zone. The death zone. Because we're in the wrong environment, but we're still operating in our gift. Stacy's wrote my message and ain't got the notes up there. I love it. It's awesome. Yeah, apologize. We're on the same page, baby. He's in the wrong environment, but he's operating in his gift. God's still using him. And you know what he thinks? I must be okay. I must be all right. See, the falling away from God is a slow fade. It's not a fast fade. You don't mess up and all of a sudden you're kicked out. God doesn't work that way. It's falling away from God is a process. Remember what Paul said? Paul said where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Grace isn't there for us to continue in sin, but for us to overcome sin. But we get it backwards in our mind because in our mind we're thinking, oh, well, God used me to do this. I must be okay. But what God was trying to say was, you better get out of there. I'm giving you enough grace to get over it right now. But if you don't get out of there, you're going to get yourself more and more intoxicated and more and more further away from me. And I'm eventually, I'm not going to be able to operate in you. That's why when Samson gets out of the lap of Delilah and he shakes himself, he, ha- he doesn't know that God's gone because he spent so much time in the environment environment that he didn't realize he had lost the presence of God. 
Whew. Help me, Jesus. See, Samson doesn't lose God initially, but over time, we'll see him shake himself without realizing that God was gone. It's a slow fade. The fade is already happening in Samson's life because of his environment. See, when you got saved, if you've been recently saved, or if you've been saved for a long time, the Bible says that God poured you out of darkness into life. That old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But if we're not careful, we start putting ourselves back in the wrong environments. And eventually that environment begins to get into us. And we begin to act out and do things that we used to do. Samson compromised himself. Listen, I'm not preaching at you this morning. I'm preaching to all of us. Pastor's done this too. He compromised himself by putting himself in the vineyard. It's more about our environment. I think, Joe, you guys would call it triggers. You get yourself in situations where the trigger happens. And when it happens, you find yourself going back to old things and old habits and old stuff. James 1, 13, 15 says this. It says, let no one say when I is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, neither does himself tempt anyone. He says, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, he gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Samson was in the vineyard because he wanted to be in the vineyard. We are drawn away by our own lust. We fall into temptation because we put ourselves in the wrong environments. We knew we was attracted to that person, but yet we keep going around them. It's the wrong environment. We know we shouldn't have been watching that show, but we kept flipping back and forth. It's the wrong environment. We know that group of people like to gossip, but we kept hanging out with them. It's the wrong environment. We, we, we knew they did this, but we kept going with them. We know they party and, and drink and, and do drugs, but we keep going over to their house and hanging out with them. And then we wonder why we are or where we are, why we where we're at. It's because we put ourselves in the wrong environment. James says that when that desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when, it is, and when sin is fully grown, it brings forth death. Samson right now is in the tempting stage. His desires haven't conceived yet, but they will as long as he stays in that environment. 
Because it doesn't matter how strong you think you are. You're not strong enough. He's regarded as the strongest man who ever lived, but he wasn't strong enough. Wasn't strong enough. We're going to break this out in a couple of weeks. Just, just hang. You got just keep coming. Somebody needs to shout, snap the trap. Let's get a little heavy in here. Got to break the little, break it up a little bit. Comment on Facebook, snap the trap. Hallelujah. See, if we're going to snap the trap, we must rid ourselves of the wrong environments. Of the wrong environments. The question is, how do we stop desires from conceiving? Paul gives us a clue. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. He says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have, everybody say, divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We like Paul. Everybody say, we're just like Paul. We're merely weak humans. But we don't need to use human or carnal plans and methods to win battles. God's mighty weapons are available to us as we fight against Satan's strongholds. Let me, get, let me tell you what God gives us to fight with. God provides us with truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation, and the word. We have a, be- a belt of truth, a breastplate of righteousness, sandals of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit, the word of God. And so God gives us weapons to fight with. We must choose what weapons we are going to use. Will we use carnal weapons, our own strength and our own ability, or will we begin to use God's weapons? See, God's weapons will tear down strongholds or the walls Satan builds up to keep people from finding Christ and his freedom. The enemy can't stand up to God's weapons. They tear down strongholds. They demolish strongholds. They cast down thoughts that that rise up against the knowledge of who God is. They'll bring every thought into the obedience of Jesus. Shout, snap the trap. If you're on Facebook, you can comment again, snap the trap. Whew. If we're going to snap the trap, we have to put on the weapons of God and flee unfit environments. Joseph was a blessed individual. He was his father's favorite son. As a matter of fact, his father bought him a coat of many colors. 
that identified him as the favorite. His brothers despised him. They threw him in a pit and sold him into slavery, told his father that he died. He's purchased by a man by the name of Potiphar. And when Potiphar realizes that Joseph is blessed because of his spirit of excellence, he puts him over all of his affairs. And God's blessing just comes to Potiphar's house for Joseph's sake. But Potiphar's wife got a thing for Joseph. And every day she'd try to talk Joseph into sleeping with her, to have sex with her. And one day she caught Joseph in the house by himself. And she grabbed a hold of his belt and was trying to undress him while begging him to go to the bedroom. Joseph ran out of the house, leaving his belt in her hand. And I know what some people would say, well, he got put in prison for that. It is better to be in the prison of man than the prison of God. See, what Joseph did was he snapped the trap. He fleed the environment. He ran from it. And what we've got to do is we've got to learn to run from the environment and not run to the environment. Because what happens is when these triggers happen in our lives, the next thing we know, we look up and we've ran to the environment and we haven't ran away from the environment. That's why we have to renovate our mind so that we don't run to our old environments, but we begin to run to the presence of God. We begin to run to the scriptures. We begin to run to our prayer closets. We begin to run to our worship music so that we can avoid the traps, so that we can snap the traps that are in our lives. Samson, we're going to see throughout his story, he kept running into the wrong environment time and time and time again. When he dies, he dies in the wrong environment. He died with his enemies and not his friends. We gotta snap the trap. I'm gonna ask Joey to come back up and play us something softly. Maybe you're here this morning and you're lost without Jesus Christ. He's not the Lord of your life. And, and you know if if Jesus would come back today that you wouldn't make heaven your home. You would be lost without him. Well, if you left this world today, God forbid. You would leave this world without his presence. You can snap that trap right now by accepting Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life. And so we're going to ask that every head bow and every eye close and nobody look around. I'm not going to call anyone out. I'm not going to embarrass anyone. I'm not going to point anyone out. I'm not going to come back and get anybody. But I am going to ask that if you're lost this morning, that you would raise your hand high enough for me to see it. Hold it up long enough for me to acknowledge it. There's two honest hands. There's three honest hands. Anybody else this morning that would acknowledge that you're lost without Jesus? You're lost without Jesus. 
and you know you're in a world of hurt, you know you're in a trap, you know that you're struggling with some things, I'm here to tell you Jesus has come to set you free today. He's come to make a change in your life. And so if you raised your hand this morning, I'm going to ask the church, just everybody in the building, just to stand up. If you raised your hand this morning and you want to get saved, we're going to put a prayer on the screen and we're going to pray it here in just a second. And I want you to just pray this where you're at. If you're online today and you're lost without Jesus, we want you to pray this prayer with us. You can accept Jesus. You can find Jesus wherever you're at. My grandfather was driving home from Charleston and pulled off on the side of the road and gave his life to Jesus. Would you pray this prayer with me this morning with all sincerity? Dear Lord Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I invite you into my heart to be the Lord of my life. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you're here today and you prayed that prayer with all sincerity and you meant every word of it and you accepted Jesus into your heart today, would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor Gary, I got saved today. There's two hands that just went up immediately. A third hand just went up immediately. Come on, church. Come on, church. Listen to me. Listen to me. You just became a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away and now all things have become new. You got to work on your environment. You got to work on your environment. You got to come to church. You got to read your Bible. You got to get baptized. You got to go to life class to discover who you are in Christ. You got to make friends here at the church and get to know people here. So you got people to call when you need prayer. You know, you know, it's an honor normal when somebody sends you a prayer request because they have confidence in you and says, pray for me. I, I, it's, 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 it's an honor. And we're so excited for you today that you've made this decision. Heaven is celebrating on your behalf today. Heaven is having a party because of you today. Three souls. Come on, church. Woo! Lord, the anointing is so powerful today. Ah, right, church, I'm coming to you now. Maybe you're here this morning, church, and you're in a trap. You hung out in the wrong environment and you got yourselves trapped and you don't know any way out. I'm going to tell you, Jesus is the only way out of the trap. He's the only way out of the trap. Maybe you're here this morning and you've been playing in the wrong environment. And maybe you not got trapped yet. But you know you're in the wrong environment. You know you're doing things and, and around things that you ought not be around. Come on. I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching with you this morning. Come on. Been there, done that. I want to give you an encouragement, first of all. First of all, the Bible says, He that began a good work in you will continue to perform that work until the day of Christ Jesus. And it's like the song said, if I'm not dead, he's not done. 
He's not done with you. You might be in a trap this morning. You might be in the wrong environment this morning. But I've come by to tell you, he's not done with you yet. He just wants you to snap the trap. He just wants you to step out of the environment. He wants you to break off whatever you got to break off this morning. Run out of whatever you got to run out of this morning. Joey's going to play us a song called Reckless Love here in a second and sing it. And during this song, this is your moment. This is your moment to snap the trap. It's your moment to get free. It's your moment to repent. It's your moment to say, God, here I am. I'm so sorry. I'm going to tell you, yesterday God smacked me right between the eyeballs. He pierced my heart so, so deep with this, with one of these messages that he gave me yesterday that I'm going to bring out in about two weeks that I was in my shower and I just had to repent because I could see myself in that situation. The pride of my own heart, the arrogance of my own life. And I thought I could handle things that I couldn't handle. So if you need free this morning, you can pray at your seat. We will invite you to the altar and find you a place to pray and say, God, here I am. I've been playing. Listen, this ain't about who. Listen, don't be like Samson. Don't try to hide it because the deeper in the darkness, the deeper the trap sets. Mm. Will you come as Joey sings this song? Will you come and say, God, here I am. Help me snap the trap. Help me run out of the wrong environment.